All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're back again. The Hardwood Nation podcast crew with your boy C.L. Anthony and my main man, Bryce Ward. What's going on, Bryce? Same old man. Just a lot of work. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing well. So we just want to do something different this week. Usually we do this towards the end of the show, but we want to do it earlier this week. We want to thank all our subscribers for listening to us, for supporting us, um, and we want to grow. So just keep hitting that subscribe button, share our content, and don't forget to drop comments below. So if you agree with us, let us know. If you disagree with us, please let us know. We may have you on the show one day. <laughs> Bryce. Yes, sir. <clears throat> the NBA is back. We have a game today at 3 p.m. The Nets and the Lakers for the NBA preseason championship. <laughs> Yay, preseason. I hear I hear LeBron and Russell and Anthony Davis isn't playing, so I don't even know who the hell's playing for Brooklyn at this point. <laughs> yeah, very little. I, all preseason, I'm sorry. All preseason tells me is that we're very close to the regular season. Right. So I'm happy about that. <laughs> we are two weeks out. So. This week, we did have everyone have their media days, and a lot of people were talking about a lot of things on media day. Uh, you know, a couple of players were in the headlines. Uh, Bradley Beal, Jonathan Isaac, of course. Kyrie Irving had to do his media day from uh, his home because he couldn't be with the team for obvious reasons. So I know you've heard a little bit about what Jonathan Isaac is going through with his situation. Um, I actually watched his interview, and uh, he was very eloquent in stating why he won't get the, the shot. Um, how do you feel about some of the talk on media day surrounding some of these players? Even Andrew Wiggins, you know, was kind of defensive as far as answering certain questions. Do you think that this is a witch hunt on the media's end? Um, I think in a, in a very broad scope, not just NBA. Yes, I do. I do think, um, which, when you're the the few uh, speaking out against uh, the majority, uh, the spotlight will be on you. And then <clears throat> these guys are professional athletes as well. So um, it makes sense to me um, for people to question them and for it to be a topic of conversation. And I also get where if you're them, from their point of view, um, they're just getting bombarded with these questions and, you know, I guess rightfully so because of the spotlight, but uh, <clears throat> I get where you would be defensive after a while or, you, you know, like quick to the point or very dismissive. I, I get all of that. So um, it's not surprising to me that they're getting a lot of attention and um, it's not surprising to me that it was a big topic on media day and it'll be a big topic throughout the season with the holdouts, with the players who decide not to get it, especially in States that are requiring or cities that are requiring the vaccine or attendance at all. So <clears throat> a few of these guys are going to be even more spotlit, I guess, than some of the others. But um, yeah, it, it'll probably be a com uh, conversation piece all season, if I had to guess. Yeah, I, I think, look, after two days of media day, I was already exhausted. You know, I recorded with Cortez and Kevin. Right. On the balls, on the balls in our court podcast, and I told him, I said, I, I'm already exhausted after two days of all the questions about it. Um, but this is something that we're going to have to endure for the season. And like you just spoke on, as those games come, when players have to sit, 
it's going to ramp up again um, with all the questioning. So I, I just hope they're okay with it. I hope they they prepare themselves for it um, because it is going to be, if it's annoying for us, it's a thousand times more annoying yeah. for those guys that's going through it. Um, so I'd yeah. also like to add, it's probably going to be a topic of conversation in everything encompassing, like it, it affects everything from our daily lives to our interests and our hobbies. There's no way, to not talk about it. And it's pretty much been the entire topic of conversation from the vaccine to just COVID in general for the last two years anyways. It dominates everything because of how large in scope it is. I mean, it's a it's a, it's a human problem, not just mm-hmm. a, a United States or whatever problem. It's, it's a, so <clears throat> it's just gonna be around for a while in the topic of conversation, no matter what you're talking about, in my opinion. Also, the NBA, in terms of other um, national sports leagues or professional sports leagues, I think has one of the highest vaccination rates anyways. So it's not just an NBA topic, obviously, but it's definitely going to dominate most of the conversation this, this season. Yeah. I um, believe. We, we have the, the I, I'm going to call them the big four players of, of course, Kyrie Irvin, Andrew Wiggins, John to Isaacs, and then also Bradley Beal. Those are going to be the big four that's going to be the face of this. Now, the NBA announced earlier this week that their vaccination rate jumped from 85% to 90% in the course of a week. That's a huge jump for the course of a week. So I think a lot of the other players that haven't been spotlighted have decided to go ahead and do it because they probably don't want to face the scrutiny that those big four are going to face going yep. forward. So with, with that said, we we kind of we, we kind of we, we dove into this deeply offline a few days ago when we talked. So I want to do it online. So we talked about Kyrie Irving and his situation. We talked about the dynamics between him and Kevin Durant as far as what I heard that Kevin Durant may do behind the scenes. We also talked about the ramifications of a possible move of Kyrie Irving. So let's just address that here right now because it's great content. So we all know. As, as of right now, Kyrie Irving hasn't taken a vaccination, which could cost him half the season. Doomsday scenario, it could cost him a couple of playoff series if they should play the Knicks or play the Golden State Warriors, let's say even in the NBA Finals. Okay, So I suggested that the Nets give him a deadline. So let's say, hey, Kyrie Irving, you have to let us know definitively what you're going to do going forward for the season. Are you going to get vaccinated or are you not? So that way we can plan. If he decides to, to hold the fort down, should the Nets trade him? <clears throat> I mean, I think absolutely. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, to me, in this situation, the Brooklyn Nets as an organization has set like a precedent with uh, Kyrie and Kevin Durant, which was recently... Um, highlighted in detail just how much authority and power they have amongst that organization. And um, I think Kevin Durant is like the overall in control, I guess, in my eyes of that situation if he wanted to be. But I think Kyrie is the more like vocal spoken leader. I think Brooklyn wants to be as tethered to Kevin Durant as they can be. And part of that initial deal of getting Durant, you know, that a lot of people 
guessed, I think, correctly that it was a package deal where you had to appeal and be able to pull off both Kyrie and Kevin Durant. So I also question if the organization is ready to just move on from Kyrie in that way, how the how the talks go with Kevin Durant and see how tied to having him as a teammate he still is with now seeing that Kyrie might miss so much time. You, you know, like, that's an interesting dynamic in itself is how Durant and Kyrie are talking and handling the situation. So I think from just, like, a devil's advocate standpoint, if I was in charge of the Nets, I would trade Kyrie now that I have Harden and go to Durant and basically ask, you know, is this enough? Do you feel like you're still happy being here? Like, we can't do anything about this Kyrie situation. If you still want to win, this is what we feel we have to do moving forward. So it's like, are you okay with that? Do you have to, based on the culture we know in Brooklyn now, they have to go talk to KD and they have to be up front with everything or they might lose all of them. So it's a very, I feel like Brooklyn has dug themselves a hole to get this super team. Um, But they're, like we've talked about before, the egos are also big there that it just seems so easy to fall apart. And this is just an example of that. Like Kyrie, rightfully so, having his own opinion and his own rights to choose what he wants to do. But that decision being, I guess, controversial, which is what we've come to know from Kyrie, is like, one of these guys are going to have one of these issues come up and this will dominate all season long and we'll have a dramatic, this is worse, almost worse than him having an injury because at least with an injury, you know what to expect. This is like an indecisiveness and it's something that the whole team and all the players are going to have to deal with, but to lose Kyrie to it and not like your backup three or four or whatever Like, that's the big problem, is Kyrie is going to miss the bulk of the season. Now, you can still win with the rest of that team, but you're you're hindering your team. You're holding them back. And so, I don't know. For me, just to get rid of the question, I would trade Kyrie. Um, But you might not even get anything back for him, because if he just says he's going to retire, then what's the point of it all? A money dump for someone? Like, I, I don't get how that would work necessarily. So I think if you're Brooklyn, you just have to think, oh, I'm not going to have Kyrie. Because if you do have him four games, which you will, you have to just think of it as a bonus. You can't think of him being there all the time, which is a huge, huge problem from a team dynamic standpoint, in my opinion. You can't win deep into the playoffs that way. No way I believe that. And then definitely if you have to play a home series or, or, you know, against New York or like you said, if they made it to the finals somehow, which I don't think they can do either with the, this situation currently. So I, if I'm Brooklyn, I trade him. But like I said, that's another whole can of worms you're opening because you have to have conversations. And then what are you going to get back for a guy who's already openly said he's just going to retire? So uh, they're, in a, they're in a tough situation. Yeah, um, I, I've heard through the grapevine that Kevin Durant is working behind the scenes on convincing Kyrie to go ahead and get vaccinated since himself and James Harden 
are vaccinated. Um, they haven't revealed that publicly, but we just know from them being around the team that they are. Uh, one one thing I'll say about the the potential trade, you know, we heard rumors that Brooklyn's not against it, and that's when Kyrie let it be known through sources, hey, if y'all do it, I'll just retire. Kyrie has mentioned retiring before, even before COVID, that he would be fine retiring young. So that's already in his mind. And I always say, once you start talking about retirement, you might as well leave at that point because you can't give 100% at that point anymore. Once retirement or quitting something that you love creeps into your mind, it's a wrap anyway. Now, one thing Brooklyn has done, which they kind of started to do last year, even though the three of those guys didn't play that many games together, they kind of made James Harden a primary ball handler when those three were on the court. So that kind of helps Brooklyn just a little bit, knowing that James Harden will be the primary ball handler. And even if Kyrie plays, if I'm Brooklyn, which we know, like you said, the power dynamic there, if I'm Brooklyn, I would just have him come off the bench and just give us that little extra <laughs> bonus off of the bench. Now, will his ego be able to deal with that? I don't know. But that way you still have the cohesiveness of your starting unit, okay, going through this season of unknown. Um, but I would like to see uh, Kevin Durant convince Kyrie to go ahead and do it because from the outside looking in, I don't want – if I'm on that team, I don't want this distraction all season. And then I don't want to necessarily see Kyrie retire so young. But we know he <laughs> – he is a very headstrong young man, and there's nothing wrong with that. So who knows what's going to happen in Brooklyn this year. But it will be interesting to see, and it's going to give us a lot of great content to talk about, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> tons, there, look, there, there's two of them and one of him. If I'm Durant, I sneak up and I hold him, and then I get Harden to stab him and give him the shot. That's just me. And then deal with the consequences later. If he retires then, then, then you know, deservedly so. But at least I tried. So the next the next topic we have today is one that we've been talking about all offseason. And we had no idea that this was going to be the biggest story of the offseason. And again, this is another topic that we kind of deep dove into this week. Bryce? The Sixers refused to pay Ben Simmons the first part of his contract for a year, which is valued at $8.2 million because he didn't show up to, training, to media day. He's not at training camp. He's still in California. How do you feel about the Sixers playing big boy ball with Ben Simmons at this point? <laughs> oh, they. I mean, they did exactly what I thought they should do. Why would you someone who clearly doesn't want to be there and doesn't want to uphold his end of the contract that he signed. Mm -hmm. Um, If he wants to play big boy ball, then he needs to own up to what he contractually signed and (laughs) said that he would do. Otherwise, you don't deserve any money. Well, he doesn't deserve a dime of what he said he, he or what his contract says he should get. If he doesn't show up, sorry, I don't care how you feel that the organization feels about you. They catered to a lot of your needs, and then you disappeared. That's on you. You don't deserve to get paid. Sorry. <laughs> hey, no, no apologies here. But look, I go up there and shoot poorly from the free throw line and won't take outside shots to get eight point two million dollars because I can grab eight rebounds. Right? I guarantee I can grab eight rebounds. <laughs> no, no, you, no, you can't. You can't run up and down the court that many times. Stop. Hey, hey, 
hey, uh, in a half court set and someone's missing shots, I can grab some rebounds, okay? They're I not playing still, half court sets and your knees would collapse on you. <laughs> I can still do that. Just because I'm hitting 40 this year don't mean I can contribute. My main man, Udonis Haslam, is still contributing in, in Miami in short minutes, okay? That's a so, professional athlete. Do not disrespect that man ever again by comparing yourself to him. I'm not even a big Haslam fan, and I won't let you let you do that. Haslam is the main, my main man, and he's the GOAT. Hey, so, so to get back on track really quick. All right, so Ben Simmons took the first shot at, at the Sixers by, by turning away the players and ghosting the team and things of that nature, okay? Now, so if you're, if you're the players, specifically um, Tobias Harris and Matisse Thibel, who went over there, and B offered too, but we're going to hold that off for a little later. If you're those players and you say, hey, Ben, let, let, let us come to you. Let's talk. Let's hash it out. And he refuses. If you're one of those teammates, how would you feel? Um, definitely, like, a little disrespected. Like, we're supposed to kind of be, despite how you and the organization go, like, and I think that's the biggest problem. It's just Ben Simmons and the organization at this point. But if you're Ben Simmons, like those should be those should those guys should still be your buddies, like your friends and your teammates. So, like for them to just want to come over, and you know why, um, to just completely be like, no, nah, don't worry about it. it. It just means you've completely, in your head, mentally moved on from that team. But to not give them the time of day is a little disrespectful. And you know, I'm sure he talked to them all. Back and forth, either through text or phone call or something, I would imagine, before they all tried to, you know, fly over and see him. Um, so he, <clears throat> I I just don't think you turn your teammates away like that. You, you at least hear them out. Um, I, I just get a bad feel for Simmons' temperament and how he's viewing these situations with the team. Um, based on everything we know over the last, like, since he's coming to the league, I guess. Um, I just, it feels like a prima donna type attitude, and I get how he, I guess, would have a an attitude towards, like, being, I guess, bigger than some of the other players. Like, I, I, I don't know. I just don't think he's completely earned it all yet or he's been in the league long enough to earn the attitude that I feel like he's portraying. Like, he's he's more important to the team than some of the other other players. And even though he's shrunk, like we just saw in the most important times when they need you the most, um, I feel like Embiid is the is the opposite of that, where he's said the right things and has supported him in the right ways up until just recently when Ben Simmons did turn down the players' meeting. You know, like I don't know, I I, I don't like anything coming from the Ben Simmons side of this. I guess well, um, I get not wanting to be in Philly uh, after everything you've done, but all of this is your. It's been created by you, and so you have to own up to that and handle it in a respectful way. That's how I feel. It's. I get that you want to move on because I would probably want to move on too, but there's a right and wrong way to handle it. And, and I know Philly hasn't been perfect, 
and how they've handled it. Um, but they've done it about as well as you, you would think a team could handle it up until the point where right now he's Ben Simmons has said some border or at least rumors and I guess not exact quotes from him, but the general tone of how he's feeling has been slipping out from his, his circle and his camp. So we get a gist of how he's feeling and I just don't agree with how he's handled it at, at all. So, um, if you gotta move on, move on, but handle yourself in a in a professional manner, at least. That's how I feel. And you owe your teammates you owe you owe them the respect and time to at least hear them out, I feel like. So we we we've seen this we've seen something similar recently, and there is a connection here. Uh, Rich Paul has been the Simmons agent. He's also Anthony Davis's agent, and we know Anthony Davis forced his way out of New Orleans with a year and a half left on his contract, which was still odd because most people thought, hey, that was too early for a player to kind of make a demand that way. This is the first year of Ben Simmons contract extension. So effectively, he has four years left. So this is a situation that we've never seen before. Now, the connection is, of course, the agents who, who we all know is actually connected to LeBron James as well. I'm from the old school agents worked for players. Do you think the agent is making a bad move in backing Ben Simmons and saying, Hey, this is the best move for you to make for your career? Because I think it could be career suicide. Well, I mean, you you should have the wherewithal um, to uh, at least not just take everything your agent says, but also your agent has, like, I'm sure he gets a, a certain cut of everything. So in general, he's probably trying to make you money, which, you know, he might not be taking into account all the elements of what it can do to your career, like handling it this way. But I, I think that's short-sighted. I, I think the agent has probably analyzed this and thought about it as much as anybody has and uh, just thinks this is this is going to be okay. Or, you know, it just might be a player empowerment thing in, in the fact of like trying to make a, you know what, I'm just going to do it because this is what I want to do. You know, Ben Simmons, I, I, I feel like this isn't just the agent talk. Now the agent might just be more open to this idea than some agents and push for it. That could be a thing too. Like I'm not saying the agent has no say in this and no opinion or like he doesn't have some kind of effect on the player's decision because he has to, but okay. Anthony Davis to me, like the agent thing isn't as important as like the situations. Anthony Davis, after years with the team and trying these different things and, you know, and getting hurt and coming, you know, then he moved on, even though he still had a lot of years left in his contract extension. Ben Simmons, all of this, the team has been accommodating Ben Simmons as once for years. All of this started to happen in the course of this season, and then the playoffs, it like came to a head. Pop's been saying all the right thing, or I'm not Pop. I'm sorry. Um, um, the coach, what's his name? Um, Doc Rivers. Yeah, just blank. Doc's been saying all the right things. Organization has said all the right things up to this point. Ben Simmons literally disappeared, had no confidence. He did all of this to himself to create the bigger problem. And then the way he's handled it has been the problem. 
to to me, yes, they have they have the same agent, and like I said, he has some sway in their decision. Yes, but ultimately, they should be making the final decision. And Anthony Davis wasn't the problem when he left New Orleans. Um, not necessarily. Like they were. Yeah, but he they refused were, to play. That's that's the pattern. He re- he refused to play. I, I get I get what yeah, you're saying. 100%. But then you cannot pay them. They can do the same thing. Just not trade him. I get it. Maybe right. you, but you have to set a precedent as an organization that you're not going to get robbed or forced into a situation. If the team's willing to move on and just trade them to get rid of the problem, then that's just the world we're going to have to live in for a while until something else happens. Yeah. But the way the way Ben Simmons has handled it is, in my eyes, way worse and. It's just, I don't know, I just don't like it at all. The angle I'm coming from is this. I wasn't knocking what Anthony Davis did. What I'm saying is that his handler, his agent, the same agent as Ben Simmons, you're doing the same play. With Anthony Davis, you had a year, year and a half left on your on your deal. With Ben Simmons, you have four years left. That's irresponsible for the agent to back him on that. It's irresponsible because here's the thing. The agent's number one goal is to make his client as most money as possible. Agents usually get between 10 and 20% of that cut. Here's the deal. You're killing that kid's career. At the end of the day, it is still Ben Simmons' right, but the agent has to have say in it. You're killing the kid's career because after this contract, do you think anyone is going to give him a big contract ever again? Not, not unless he uh, proves himself, but yes, right. because Anthony Davis got a, er, will get another big contract, absolutely, because he already it? went someplace and won. Would you take? But this I'm is the not problem. Co- we don't know what the conversation with the agent was. He's got two premier uh, players. If Anthony Davis comes to you and says, "I absolutely want to move on," and be like, "I don't think this is the best option. It might you you might lose money because of it because the team has all the power." I don't care. I want to move on. Get me out of here, or I will get someone who can. Okay, I'm gonna do it. All right, Ben Simmons. I don't think I can't win with this team. The coach doesn't believe in me. The organization, I'm just fed up with. Get me out of here. I don't think it's a good idea. You've got all these years left on your contract. The team has all the power. They can just not pay you. I don't care. Do what you can to get me out of here, or I'll just sit. If if the players, your if your premier players are demanding this of you, which we do not know the conversations they've had, then you do it or you lose your client. So we don't know exactly what direction they're given, and we don't know exactly if it's the agent suggesting the move. Like we don't know any of this. That's well, what I'm saying. It's like it makes sense that there's twice, a connection. Right. Considering it's happened okay. twice, we'll agree to disagree on this. But he's being irresponsible because, like I said, he's messing up further bags for Ben Simmons and also himself. And that's just that's just the fact that that's just the fact of it. Now you said, okay, Anthony Davis still got paid. Yes, we're talking about Anthony Davis. Anyone would pick Anthony Davis over Ben Simmons any day. I'm not comparing them from a player standpoint. What I'm saying is, is that the connection is you have the same agent and now you're making the same move. Even though Anthony Davis' move at that time didn't make sense with a year and a half left on this contract, it makes 1,000% more sense than what Ben Simmons is doing right now. That was my angle. It doesn't make sense for you to to sit out when the first year of your contract. This will be this kid's – because he's killed killed his own trade value. That's the thing. You're you're killing your own trade value, and as an agent – you should be the one to say, hey, look, 
Rich Paul is going to eat no matter what because he has tons of clients in the NBA. So as his agent, he needs to say, hey, you're killing your money. If you don't want to do it the way that I suggest that you do it, then go ahead and find someone else. Like that that's what an agent is supposed to do. Okay. That's all I'm we saying. We don't know he, we don't know he's not doing that. That's all he's I'm still, saying. He's still his agent. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> so oh, okay, you losing uh, some money is worse than me losing you all together as a client. If I can't convince you to just stay, then you're already you're making the choice to lose out on money. You've already made that choice by just saying worst case scenario, I sit home. He doesn't if Ben Simmons doesn't care about losing money, then what are you going to do? Just lose them all together as a client? Then no. You're yeah. just going to be like, okay, well, if you're not going to take any advice, I'll just, you know, I'll be your representative. Like, look, I, I, I don't feel – at the end of the day, Ben Simmons' decision, the agent works on his behalf. Sure, the right. agent doesn't want him to lose money because that doesn't make any sense. So what is he going to do? Like, just make up shit for Ben Simmons and stall? No. That, no. He has to do what he wants him to do. If anything, Ben Simmons probably looked at the Anthony Davis situation and said, hey, you were able to get him out. Get me out. I don't care about the money. Just get me out. With a year and a half left on his deal, Anthony Davis still had a hell of a lot more leverage than uh, Ben Ben Simmons has absolutely no leverage. Now, now the curious thing is – Ben Simmons has made a point to show he obviously does not care about any of this. That leads to my second thing, though. So now, now I'm, I'm hearing through the streets, you know, you know me in the NBA streets. I'm hearing through the streets that in order to recoup the money, because they didn't think that the Sixers would do this, in order to recoup the money, Ben Simmons may actually report, but say he's injured so he doesn't have to play. So if he reports, he still gets paid. Um, so that's that's on the horizon. So let's see. So who do you, who do you think folds first? Do you think the Sixers fold and trade him, or do you think Ben Simmons shows up and has a magical injury and doesn't play for the rest of the season? <clears throat> uh, no, I think if he reports and everything, and he's like a constant, I'm in your face there every day, and then I'm still a distraction. <clears throat> I, I still feel like Philly should trade him just for the sake of continuity going forward and not wasting your own money. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think Ben Simmons deserves anything, but mm-hmm. I would get rid of him for a team standpoint. Now, if he came and reported and did what he was supposed to and just said he had an injury and could prove, I, mean, I don't know how all that works. Okay. <laughs> I, I would just get rid of him for the sake of cutting it out. That's all. But um, Ben Simmons is going to have to earn all that risk. He, yeah, he'll get traded somewhere. Someone will give him some minutes, I'm sure. But if he still wants to have a legitimate NBA career where he's a star or whatever, he'll have to prove himself all over again, or he'll just fade into the background like a lot of Mm. players who fade away. So we'll see. Uh, But he'll have to earn all of that by playing well and winning games because people are going to knock him forever from this playoff performance. Oh yeah. And also we don't even know if he can be the same player before, you know, Everything we saw in the playoffs was a was a confidence problem for him. Mm-hmm. You know, he has he has a an issue. So if he can't get past that, um, he will never be the same type of player. So mm-hmm. we we don't know what to expect of Ben Simmons, and he shouldn't get paid big until he's proven he can be that player again. Which, you know, there's teams out there I'm sure that take a chance on him, but still he'll he'll, he'll be a laughing stock, and then he'll fade away. 
So we'll just have to see. And I hope he, I hope he's not too sensitive when he has to go play in Philly because they're going to oh, yeah. him. Oh yeah. <laughs> he he might have a mental breakdown in Philly and be like, "Who can't play?" Like we I don't didn't know. Even think about that. I didn't. Oh my god. Hey, so he will be the most hated player in Philly by far. I, I can remember a time when Shaq was traded from the uh, Magic to the uh, Lakers. There, there was a time Shaq missed a lot of games and wouldn't come back and play in Orlando. You know, he would always be hurt. Um, really quick, I did a poll on on the Hardwood Nation's Twitter feed a couple of days ago, and I said, should should the Sixers trade Ben Simmons ASAP? Because I I didn't think we were going to get to this point. Like after that playoff series and after the things were said, I thought they were going to trade him in the offseason. I, I didn't think we were going to end up here. So of that Twitter poll, 84% of our nation said that Ben Simmons should be traded ASAP. So that was 84 versus 16%. So that's a pretty high percentage. I thought it was actually going to be more split, like 50-50. I was surprised at that high number that said uh, Simmons needs to be traded ASAP. So speaking of that, and, and you mentioned something that was very nice earlier when you talked about some of the things that Joel Embiid has said, because he he's coming from a team leader standpoint in this situation. But after only two days of getting asked questions about Ben Simmons, he kind of, I'm not going to say he lost it, but he kind of revealed how he really felt um, and talked about some of the moves that the Sixers made to accommodate Ben Simmons, like you mentioned earlier. How do you feel about Embiid being so candid and saying, hey, we've catered to you your entire career. Like, it's disrespectful for you not to be here. How do you feel about that? <clears throat> I'm glad he did it. So he could exactly put into words what everybody already thought was a good possibility. Mm-hmm. I'm glad he said it. Because I, I get tired of the charades that the media and some of these players have to put on for the sake of money or being nice or whatever. It's Ben Simmons clearly doesn't want to be a part of the team. Okay, now I can say exactly what I think because this is he's he's already started it. That's how I feel. He's already done the disrespectful thing. So I can I can at least be honest and. Um, Joel Embiid didn't come off as disrespectful or anything. He just came off as kind of like, I'm done with this situation. I'm at least going to be honest about it now. Right. Um, so I'm glad he was so candid because all, all it did was assure what we had already thought were a strong possibility of what was going on there. Yeah, and yeah, even, yeah. Uh, I mean, a long time ago, Butler – Butler gave us a hint of what the problem was, you know, he, he told us what the problem was and, uh, it wasn't just a Butler problem. It was going to eventually be a Ben Simmons problem with everybody. That's the problem is Ben Simmons, not Jimmy Butler. Yeah. Um, And so Philly, Philly went with the, the younger guy and it took Doc Rivers coming in there to really put his foot down and let everybody know who the main guy was. Right, right. And Ben Simmons has always had a problem with this or that or having the team catered to him. Like, he's always the point of the problem at this point. It's like we see where the drama is coming from constantly, whether it's Jimmy Butler or with the team or with, you know, it's always Ben Simmons as a part of the problem. And so Philly has made the choice to go with him up until this point. And Doc Rivers is like, nah, Embiid's the guy. 
Okay. Right. Well, now look, now look, Ben Simmons wants out. Right. One year. That's all it took. And, and we ben, said Ben Simmons is the problem. Is what it looks like. Yeah. We. This thing has been brewing for years. For years, it's been brewing. I've I've said for at least three years that they need to trade Ben Simmons. I said when Doc Rivers gets there, he's going to let it be known that Embiid's the guy. And one year into it, now Simmons wants out. So all the ducks were in a row for this to happen. Mm -hmm. It just was, for some odd reason, even like you said, with Jimmy Butler kind of hinting of what was going on there behind the scenes, no one wanted to point the finger at the kid and until he pointed it at himself pretty much. Um and, and like you said, I don't I don't think he recovers from this. He's if they mm -hmm. trade him, he's he's going to be traded to NBA Siberia. He's not going to get big contracts going forward. He will fade out of the league. And I, I truly, truly believe that. And it's unfortunate because he is talented. And all he had to do was put in the work to develop a jump shot. He was a jump shot away from being not an all time great player. But a perennial all-star every year. He's a jump shot away from that. Just imagine this kid mm -hmm. with like Devin Booker shooting or something like that. Or even with his idol LeBron James shooting at this point. The kid would be devastating. And he didn't do it. It was all about him. No. Mm -hmm. And and all the rumors coming out from his camp afterwards as to like what he wants. He doesn't care about where what team he ends up with only that a team that is catered or built eventually around him right. like that's that's what we're hearing and so so you're not even worried about winning you're worried about i guess spotlighting yourself and showing how important you are even though you can't make a jump shot and you shy away at the end of games when if you're claiming to be the best player, you should elevate your game. So I, I just don't understand where he's getting the the thought in his head that he has such pull so young without proving anything right, substantial. Right. So I, yeah. I just don't get the mentality. So, yeah, you, you might get one of these no-name teams to crater or crater their, their roster and try to get you or cater to your game, but ultimately you're going to end up exposed because the team's still not going to win and you're still going to be the same player. So I, I don't get, I guess you're trying to prove something, but I don't think you're going to end up proving anything. So he's but only going to hurt himself. The irony is he said he'll play for anyone. The Minnesota Timberwolves are putting a full court press into getting him, but he'll just be in the same situation there that he is in Philly. So I, I, I don't understand the Timberwolves thinking on, how do you guys think this is going to work with him and Cat? Because it's going to be the same dynamic that he has with Embiid in Philly. Like I don't get that. It, it, essentially, he needs to go to a team that doesn't have a premier big man. That's what that's what he wants. Well, let's see. A lot of teams now have decent big men. Where are you going to go? Maybe Toronto. I, I know they've talked to Toronto, so maybe Toronto. Maybe. But everyone else has a decent, serviceable big man who's going to be in your way unless he wants to change change positions and play center i don't know what the kid's thinking but i i just think he ruined i think he he ruined his career he's getting bad advice so we're going to wrap up very shortly do you have a player that you want to ask me about this week no not this week i was going to wait we've been going pretty good on that one um but since we had so many topics this week to discuss i thought i would uh, hold off on the player this week 
No worries at all. So today, again, at 3 o'clock, we have the Lakers versus the Brooklyn Nets, and I'm going to check out the Hawks and Heat tomorrow. And then, of course, I'm going to watch plenty of Orlando Magic games this year. So (laughs) thank you for all that you do. Oh, yeah, forgot to also mention we gained over a 1,000 Twitter followers this week. So shout out to all of you guys. This This nation is growing. Thank you all. Please like, share, and subscribe to our content. That's going to be it for the Hardwood Nations podcast this week. Everyone stay safe.